Welcome to the SBS podcast sponsored by Zwift. It was famously used by Matt Heyman to prepare for his victory at Paris-Roubaix. You can use it too for your own goals. Visit Zwift.com to learn how to join the digital peloton today. Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. We are back on the airwaves after a little break of uh, tennis and uh, and, uh, and so on. Other sports we'll talk about, uh, but it with Dave McKenzie. Dave, thank you for coming. Woohoo! I am so happy to be back in the box. This is fantastic. The year is already underway. I was about to say I can't wait to get it underway. But it is just full steam ahead, isn't it? It's nearly February. Can you I believe know, it? I know. <laughs> so, it's actually a little bit scary. That, well, you know, when we think like that, we just have to think time flies when you're having fun. So that's that's our motto, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, so like I said, I was uh, quite busy with the tennis. Uh, so I was lucky enough to, to cover the tennis for SBS. And you've been uh, really busy in the cycling spectrum as well. January is a crazy month. I lo- it's a good crazy month, though, full of sport. And of course, all of the cycling. We call it the summer of cycling, as we have done for years. And yes, for me this year, it was as per normal, but I added one extra one, which was the Bay Crits at the very, very beginning. So, no, it's been good. And Absolutely. So, since we last uh, chatted, uh, which was in Ballarat, uh, over the, the Nationals, uh, a lot has happened. Uh, let's start with uh, one of the biggest races of that calendar, the Tour Down Under. And we have a champion on our hands. MP, done it again. He did it again. He's the first guy to go back to back. He's not the first guy to win it more than once. Simon Gerrans obviously has done that. Stuart O'Grady as well. But he did, he did go back to back and he did it on Willunga Hill. He didn't win the stage. It was the first time that they finished the tour on the top of Willunga Hill. So I'll stop you there. Does that make a difference compared to finishing in the city as a, you know, like they do at the Tour de France? They do. Yeah, the procession. Yeah, the procession. That's what <laughs> yeah, I look, I, absolutely. I loved it. From a from a commentator's point of view, and I do all the venue commentary there. So, you know, of all the events I work on, uh, to do venue commentary Tour Down Under is the best race to do it at because the crowds are so big. And Willunga Hill, if we've seen it on the on the coverage, it's you know that you see the crowds. So yes, I think it was a huge success. Um, will it stay there? Not sure. Um, I think one of the, well, I think one of the reasons was just logistical uh, in the streets of Adelaide. There's been some roadworks and, and sort of building construction going on. So I don't think physically they could have actually had it in the city um, okay. this could year. It, could it be a nice surprise and go, hey, actually... We're going to leave it there. Yeah, we're going to leave yeah, it there I because it works. I, I look, I, I hope they do. And I, I think the people directly involved with the race, so the race director, Mike Turt, I think he'd love to keep it there. And um, yeah, so let's hope so. Richie, Richie Port. Port. Yeah, Richie Port. Six, six times. Six times Wollonga Hill. So he won again. He only won literally by about a second. And in fact, Impey rode such a good final stage. He finished, I think, on the same time or one second behind Richie. So he was almost on his wheel as he crossed the line. But I will put this out to anybody to correct me. I've put it past Matt Keenan, our careful. stats guru. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> I don't think anyone has won any bike race six times in a row. So six consecutive years. Shall we put this to Twitter if people are listening? Let's put it out there. Let's put it out there. If Kino, if you're listening, can you make Maca wrong or not? Is it correct? Six times in a row. Not six times or seven times. I think there's actually been that. But six times in a row. I don't think any cyclist in the world 
you know, and that let's not let's not let's not throw you know in the St Kilda Club crit or the <laughs> Caulfield Carnegie yeah, professional, Club crit. Yeah, professional I, I, proper, yeah, yeah, not the, not the um, big fish in the small pond sort of stuff. <laughs> I, I mean, I need big pond, big pond races. So uh, no, but brilliant, Richie. He's obviously riding well. Um, form's good. Early season though, so yeah, new team, new what, team. What, what can we read on this? Because uh, I know Kundekot was here as well, which is a, yes. a major partner in his uh, in his team. Yeah, Kun. Kun, hopefully, I think from an Australian perspective as well, obviously we know his connection, his wife is Australian, he spends a lot of time here in Melbourne. So it'd be great if Kun does become that sort of road captain throughout the year and road captain at the Tour de France. He was when Alberto Contador yep. uh, Actually, was we had him on tour. the pod talking about it when, uh, when uh, Contador retired. Yes. So, you know, and he, he's obviously got a wealth of experience and I think he's even learnt more in the last few years as a sort of road captain. So I hope I hope that's what happens, and I think Richie, you know, sort of alluded a little bit to that as well during Tour Down Under. So um, we'll watch the Trek Segafredo space closely, won't we, over the next few months? As if we wouldn't, anyway. You know? I know <laughs> we're we are all over it. Uh, Sagan, Peter Sagan was there. He won one stage. Uh, I'm going to put that question here. Has he fulfilled his contract this year? Uh, nothing to talk about here, folks. Keep move, move along. Nothing to see. Well, no, I mean, moustache. He's got, moustache. He's got <laughs> I, you know what? He's so, he can be really difficult to interview. He's such a sort of flamboyant character, as we know, and he's incredibly, you know, talented on the bike. That goes without saying. But sometimes he just gives you um, crickets or tumbleweeds. Yeah. And I, I walked into the uh, foyer at um, the Hilton in Adelaide, where all the teams and personnel stay. Saw Sagan and he saw me and he said, oh, hey, how are you going? I said, and he's very friendly. I said, hey, how are you? Chatted. And I thought I'd be sort of, you know, a little cheeky. And I said, what's this, mate? And I made a reference to his top lip, upper lip. Yeah, it's a moustache. It's a moustache. And I go, yeah, I know. So what's going on? <laughs> I don't know. I just grew it. That was it. Nothing else. <laughs> I, like, I thought he might have had a bit of a story, but gave me nothing. Why? Yeah. Why? So he can be, he was just quite serious. and Because uh, quite frankly, a moustache for most people, doesn't appear overnight. No, that's you, right. You take a decision he's, to... He's, a beard, okay, he's so you cultivated it. He's yeah. cultivated it over the, you know, winter months for him and then while he's in Adelaide. But no, he did win a stage. Lightning struck twice for him in the same town, Uradla, where he won 12 months previously. But no, in all seriousness, not a lot to report with Sagan. I think he was just enjoying his pre-season training, if you like, and he delivered a stage win, and that's that's the quality of Sagan. He, I don't think he was in great shape at Tour Down Under, but when is he ever in bad shape? Never. Absolutely. So, yeah. uh, controversy with Caleb Ewan. Uh, yes. Should he have been disqualified? That's the top of the. Uh, it was top of the the discussion on the cycling Australian world on Twitter mm. for for a couple of days. Your view on it? That it's a really interesting question. Maybe I'm getting a little bit soft because I lean towards yes, um, and I did speak directly to one of the commissaires afterwards. And they said, the first headbutt, you know, don't, you know, they, they'll let it slide. Second headbutt, okay, now you're pushing the boundaries. Third headbutt, DQ'd. He was DQ'd by the jury, not by the team. Jasper Philipson, yep. the Belgian, was awarded the stage win. Yeah, he we actually took about him in a second, actually. And he was the guy that Caleb headbutted. And he finished second on the stage. So if he had a finished fourth or fifth, and the guy that finished second had a clean run of the line. Maybe they may not have DQ'd Caleb, but it was quite tight in the end. And Philipson, you know, he did headbutt him three times. So I know 20 years ago they probably wouldn't have been DQ'd, mm -hmm. but the rules have changed. Um, Caleb knew them. And ironically, 
I think it was the night before in the village, Matt Keenan was doing a sort of a half hour yep. Q and A segment. And he had Robbie and Caleb there, and they were talking about sprinting and headbutting and stuff. And Robbie was t- telling war stories like, of his do career. Do it once, do it twice. But <laughs> and the very next day, Caleb got done for that. So maybe it was just in his head, and you know he couldn't help himself. Uh, how does he look in his new Lotto outfit? I think he looks good. I think he looks good. So he 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 won the Tour Down Under Classic. He was then relegated for that stage win. So he didn't win a stage win, and he hasn't had one big win apart from the Down Under Classic. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's good. It will. Make him hungry, make him a bit desperate, and I think he, I think he needs that himself. Mm-hmm. This is the first time he's gone out of the Australian system completely yep. from his amateur days. Obviously, Mitchell and Scott. So, but I think he looks good, and I think the the team's backing him in, you know, so, and they will back him in a, a long way into the season before they start to sort of, you know, um, tap him on the shoulder and say, "Come on, you've got to start winning." So I think he'll it won't be long before he gets his first big win. Yeah, so far it's a good move for him. Yeah, it? totally, totally. Uh, who is Jasper Philipson? Who is Jasper Philipson? Uh, yeah, that is a good question. He, I'm doing my he's job. He's a neo well professional. I'm doing my job well today, Matthew. Yeah, you do, you're doing your job very good. <laughs> he, you always do, my friend. Um, he's a neo pro. He he. Came into the sport. He tried a few different sports. I think mountain biking, soccer, this and that. And he just has been, you know, he's just found himself in cycling. And I think UAE Emirates are excited by him. This stage that he got, that he ended up being declared the winner, it was no fluke because leading up to that, he was top fives, I think top tens on a couple of the other stages. So he was up there. He was fighting and he was boxing on his own. He had no teammates sort of leading him out. They didn't have a real sprint train, UAE Emirates. Incidentally, Alan Piper and Neil Stevens have jumped, have gone to UAE Emirates. Emirates. So two uh, Australian director sport ifs now. Stevens obviously from Mitchell and Scott and Piper from um, BMC, which sort of has uh, has evolved into CCC. Do we say CCC, not Triple C? CCC? I don't know. Uh, triple C sounds better, doesn't I it? I think it sounds better. But yeah, CCC, and you get CCC 10 times. I think Triple C sounds good. I think so. Let's ask the press officer, another Australian, Phoebe Hames, who works, she works for them, so we'll ask her when we catch up with her Are we okay to say Triple C? Yes. UAE actually looks good. Uh, on paper, but they start delivering because we just jumped, but Gavrila just won in the Giro San Juan. Yes. Uh, and yeah, they start to delivering elsewhere than just on paper. Yeah, they've, they have got a good team. And, you know, still with Diego Ulissi and Roy Sutherland, the yep. veteran Australian who, you know, is still, you know, got a lot to offer as a, as a road captain and as a, a super domestique. So, no, I think they'll... Um, yeah, I think they'll be an interesting team to watch this year, and they could be the team that deliver way above what we expect from them. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, before we go to Cadell's, the uh, women's tour down under, um, Spratty. We can't stop talking about her. She, I, I how spoken how, about, more, how more awesome can she be? I don't know. I think she can be the number one rider in the world. Yeah. She was third ranked last year, silver medalist at Worlds, second in Liège, top five in all three Ardennes classics, third in the Giro. She can... The next stop for her is the world's best bike rider, and yep. she is on track to do that. She's world got some stiff as well. She needs that. Yeah, she I needs, think so. She needs that jersey. Yeah, I think so. I, it, I think it would be, it would be the best thing to cycling since Cadell Evans winning the tour. Yep. If Amanda Spratt was to win the world championships yep. this year, I just think for female athletes, young girls coming up through the through the sport, wow. And you know what? I hope what what concerns me a little bit that our governing body in Australia 
won't be ready for it. Mm-hmm. So, well, um, for, the, for the thunderstorm that that could come. Out well, of it. be be ready to to utilise that I opportunity do. if if Amanda Spratt does become the world's best cyclist in 2019 because she's on target to do it. The Dutch, it'll be her. The only thing that stands between her and that is the Dutch. It's one nation. Yeah, it's one nation, <laughs> and there's a few of them. Netherlands. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, but she look, she third time. Going back to Tour yeah. and it's a third win in a row for her of that race. I mean, that's phenomenal in itself. She's had a brilliant summer already. Yeah. Uh, and her team as well. We, we have to pay credit to her team because wherever she's gone and won, they've been setting it up for mm-hmm. her. And every one of them, they've been really good. How awesome is women cycling at the minute? Because we've got Sarah Roy, Sarah Gigante, that's just illuminated those uh, nationals. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is just... We're seeing amazing cycling. And yeah. I don't want to sound surprised, but I'm 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 astonished by the level of cycling we've seen. Yeah, we shouldn't be surprised. No, it's not surprising. We should, no, we should be excited. I'm excited. Yeah, well, and because well. let's face it, ten years ago we didn't have this really. Mm-hmm. We had some great. I shouldn't say that actually. We had we did have ten years ago we did have, and we've had some incredible performances. Liz but, Taylor. Yeah, but I'm talking depth for the field. Yeah, that's the, coming. From. Yes, that's right. That yeah. It's it's the depth that we've got now, and you know, to mention a couple of others, Lucy Kennedy and Grace yeah. Brown, they've been a big sort of highlight for me in the last couple of years because they're relatively new to cycling. Um, you're right; it's just the depth, and I think when you talk about the depth, you mentioned Sarah Gigante, 18, winning the elite women's road race, and then you go all the way to Amanda Spratt, who's now, you know, she's in the peak of her career, but she's been in the sport a long time. Mm-hmm. So I think we have a huge opportunity to really promote women's cycling. And it's up to us. It's up to the governing bodies. It's up to the sponsors to jump on board as well. Um, but, yeah, I think it's it's an exciting time. Cadell's uh, World Tour race, um, you were there. Talk to us about uh, about that race. That was a it was a great it was a great fifth edition. Uh, we had the third edition of the Towards Zero Race Melbourne at Albert Park. Um, it was quite mild. It was only forty two degrees for the um, Albert Park race. With this, there's a great funny video where there's a wheel change like Formula One because it's on the Formula One track uh, uh, on on Twitter. If you check this, was out, it quicker a, than an F one change? It wasn't. It wasn't. But uh, <laughs> the, uh, but the bigger wheels. Yeah. <laughs> now that was good. Look, look. I'll be really honest. I think. I think it's worked for three years, but I think it needs to move uh-huh. from Albert Park. I think the course is too big. The The new format, they effectively turned it into a points race, a points score. So meaning effectively like a track a track points race. So sprint every, you know, two laps effectively. The final sprint, the rider who crossed the line winning that sprint did not necessarily win the race. It was an accumulation of their points throughout. And there was a team classification as well, which effectively was each rider's points added together on the team. And then, you know, the most points win. So it made it, it made it a very aggressive style of racing, but I just think the course is pan flat. It's not super exciting and they need to move it point blank. That's my opinion. And, and, you know, if I was, if they, the first thing I'd say, if you're going to move it, move it to the CBD. Mm-hmm. And that give us give us a real exhibition race, like a one hour criterium, or a you know ninety minute criterium for the men, a one hour for the women, or one hour and forty five minutes or something. Short, sharp, throwing some throwing some big sprint premiums. Um, well, the Jaco Heldson too used to start with a criterium, a lunchtime criterium, mm-hmm. and it was packed to the rafters because all of lunchgoers would come out. You didn't have to. You had a ready made crowd. You didn't have to promote the event to them. They would just come out and go, wow, there's a bike race on, let's watch it. And it was, you know, lapping every sort of 60 seconds. So that's what I'd love to see. Um, So I'm not sure where that is, but in terms of the road races, uh, both the women's elite and the men's elite down in Geelong, utilising 
the World Championship course from 2010. That was brilliant. That course, the finishing circuit, and the course itself showcases the the best of Victoria. It really does. And it makes it an exciting race. And the one thing we take away from both of those events, I say, who is Alenis Sierra? Correct. Or introducing Mm -hmm. Alenis Sierra. Wow. Her performance was sensational. With a story behind? Yeah, a little bit of a story. There's a a bit of a story behind Yeah, and look, I'll credit a little bit of this to Amanda Spratt because I was – sort of backstage immediately after the race and I had the luxury of actually not having to do the presentation so I was sort of just having a quick chat to the women and I saw Spratty and I said well done I said wow I said who's this Sierra I said my god she's that was incredible and she said yeah yeah she said she said check her out there's a little bit of a story behind it she said I can't tell you exactly what it is but I know she's got an interesting story and look I don't know a lot but what I do know is I think it's last year was her first year in uh in a a world tour team um first time really outside of Cuba um in a foreign team she really only speaks Spanish she doesn't speak uh, she does speak a little bit of Italian actually but she doesn't speak any any other English or, or anything like that um, she grew up in Cuba. She basically shared one room with her siblings and her parents. So I think a pretty humble upbringing is a, is a fair thing to say. Uh, I think her sister got into tennis or, or, and she tried karate and a couple of other sports and then cycling became her thing. But she said cycling is quite a popular sport in Cuba, but they just don't have the resources mm-hmm. that other nations have. But um, so I just think, Wow. And the way she won, I mean, she crossed she crossed to the front group over the top of Shalambra Crescent, the big climb. Uh, she then went, did a couple of turns. Then she jumped across to Lucy Kennedy, rotated turns with Kennedy, could have ridden in with her and probably out-sprinted her because she's got a kick on her. But she said, well, you know what? I might just attack and ride in solo. And Spratt realised that tried to jump across. They couldn't close her down. She, she literally was riding away from them. So she won solo and... For me, that was right of the of the Cadell Evans, you know, weekend of racing. Mm-hmm. That was by far the ride of the weekend. It was Absolutely. sensational. And when you think uh, Mac has done everything, we have the Sun Tour coming up. The Sun Tour is always interesting. Yes. Always. Yeah, and this year, look, the course, the, generally what I love about the Sun Tour, say, opposed to what, what makes it different from Tour Down Under, Tour Down Under we stay in one hotel, which yeah. is fantastic. It's convenient. And it's super organised. Sun Tour is like a traditional tour stage race. We move from town to town generally. And that's what we'll do this year. So it starts in Phillip Island around another, not an F1 track, but a motor racing track, of course. (laughs) So that'll be interesting. It'll be super quick. It'll be a bunch of sprint. Expect that. But then we go into the Gippsland Hills um, around uh, Inverloch, around Monthaggy, Sale, sort of out the back of there. So there's a few climbs. So that will make those stages interesting not necessarily for the sprinters. And then we do five laps, which we've talked about before Christmas. The Arthur seat. Five laps yep. of Arthur's seat. First time, five you know laps. I, w- I went there earlier on. Uh, you rode your bike up, eh? No, I didn't. I took the chairlift. <laughs> <laughs> I was ages ago, but I took the chairlift over there. And when you look, I remember looking down going, yeah, that looks... It's a cool climb. It's a real Euro climb. It's got the switchbacks. It's Absolutely. got the cool view at the end of the peninsula there. You can see it. So it's got... It's got everything built for, for great TV and a great bike race. But five times, you know, you've got – we've got – you think about the field, Richie Port, Michael Woods, just to name two. We've got two, two of the best climbers in the world. 
So they'll go head-to-head there, and I think there'll be a few others as well. Uh, Team Sky, of course, uh, here are back. So the field, it's a good lineup, um, you know, and I think it's really hard to pick a winner, actually. And then finishing in the Botanic Gardens, which will be cool. 22 laps around the Botanic Gardens. Guess what? I think I should bring the mic. We should do a podcast from there. That is a great idea. This is your idea, actually. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Oh, I was going to let you. I was going to let you claim that one. No, nah, I'm an honest guy. This is your idea. You know, like I'm not going to lie. This is your idea. Well, you we do what? love the outdoor pods, don't we? We we get excited. Uh, with I mean, the I like the pods. studio itself. Like when it's 40 degrees outside. Yes, it's also nice to be inside. But uh, yeah. there's something else. So shall we do this? I think so. I think let's so. Do this. Yeah. Uh, but before that, uh, before this, there's also a women's sun tour. Yes, there is. Uh, it's just two stages, which uh, I'd like to see a few more. But saying that, it's better than nothing because they had nothing previously. So there is two stages. First stage around Phillip Island. And then the second stage, uh, they got one of the main climbs that the men do on their second stage. So it's a hilly stage. Brodie Chapman, the girl who, or the lady who we didn't know anything about really before last year. And she ended up holding off Annemiek van Vluten in a drag race into Hillsville on that occasion. And then the time trial at Fed Square. So she's back to defend. She got a pro contract off the back of that, by the way. So Brody Chapman's back. She's showed glimpses of some form from her winning Sun Tour form last year already this summer. She hasn't had any wins, but she's been there or thereabouts. So... That's exciting. However, their work will be cut out with Mitchell and Scott. Yep. Uh, they are the team to beat for sure. Yeah, but they, we were saying this at the uh, the Nationals and they got beaten. And they got, beaten, know, and, and and they, they got beaten at Cadells. So. And they got beaten tactically at the at the, the Nationals. Yes. Not, not in the legs. They got beaten tactically. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Now, that's a good point. So, yeah, I think they that is a good point. They need to they need to step up and and really utilize their team. I think I think what they're doing what they when they did this in uh, Cadells, by the way, they put everything into Amanda Spratt when they probably could have saved Lucy Kennedy um, and maybe even Grace Brown. So they might look to do that at the Sun Tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned that just a second with uh, with Brady Chapman, but uh, how important are those races like the Sun Tour and every other races to that level going around the world to actually score a pro contract? Uh, are our team still looking at? what they can bring into the squad. Maybe not the A squad, but yes. the, the other squads. Look, probably... Are we still like, or is it too late in the season? No, I, you know what? I was probably going to say not the men's teams because they're all set, but gee, sometimes you get that. So I won't even discount the men's teams. Most of them, yes, are full and the women's teams rosters are, but Brady Chapman proved how important it was. Um, and she was off to an American squad. So I think some of those, some of the women's teams definitely still have one or two places yet to fill and they maybe do it for that reason. They wait to see who's in good form and who might just be on their way on to a, a you know, a really good season. So it's important and a win's a win. You know, it doesn't matter where, where or what time of the year you're racing. We mentioned Gavidia, mm-hmm. you know, the, the sensation, the sprint sensation from Tour de France last year and he's already winning in San Juan. So Viviani as well. So, you know, the, it doesn't matter what time of the year these days. A win, a win on the board is um, good for your team, good for your sponsors, and good for your own personal morale. Absolutely. Well, Maka, that was a you know what? That was brilliant to be back behind the mic. I've sort of missed you. I've missed you, mate. Oh, uh, let's. We need to. You know. <laughs> let's all get out and have a beer. Let's. Oh, well, I was gonna, lemon lime and bitters for me. I'm. I'm <laughs> on the Feb fast thing. 
it's January. I know. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Let's have one before Feb starts. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, that was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, remember that you can uh, download, stream, or listen back to those podcasts on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or schedule a ride with our lovely friends at Zwift until next week, because we are going to do this outdoor podcast for you. It's bye for now. quick shout out from our sponsor before we go if you're looking for a new way to ride without traffic or punches getting in your way hop on zwift we use it your cycling buddies probably use it and the pros they definitely use it zwift turned indoor training into a full-on gaming experience connect your pc mac or apple device and you'll pedal with thousands of cyclists around the world and there's a good chance you'll see a pro on there too Loads of them are on Zwift on their rest days riding around Wattopia. Give them a ride on if you see them. If you've got a trainer, start your free trial on Zwift.com.